Welcome aboard, Fantasy Shipmates. My name is Robert Gonzalez, your fantasy captain. I'm joined alongside Jason Ritchie, last year's fantasy football champion in our competitive Thousand Oaks League. How you doing today, Jason? I'm doing great, Robert. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Been following this podcast since week six, <laughs> yeah. whenever you guys started this. Yeah, we started mid-season, a little weird. But yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. No uh, problem. Tell us about basically the fantasy team that you had last year and all the fantasy that you've been playing so far. Well, I've been playing fantasy I don't know, since we were in high school, so probably like 12, 13 years now. So last year in our league, was able to win the championship, made some nice calculated draft moves that really paid off in the long run. That waiver wire, rode that all the way to the championship. That's the best <laughs> feeling. I love it. Yep. Just nice. Uh, I mean, you remember this. He texted me right after when I picked Nick Chubb up. Yeah, I was super <laughs> pissed. Dude, that, you were. I think you were the fastest on any, like, any notification that came through. I definitely went back and got like different apps this year and i'm like all right if this ever happens again i'm ready <laughs> i haven't been as fast on it this year but last year was my it, the stars aligned mercury wasn't in retrograde yeah this i think uh i think it's funny because i picked up who was it marshawn lynch or something like that right before chubb and i was like oh sick yeah pick up of the week or whatever <laughs> and then right after that happened i was like why can't i get an alert for that all right man well that's good to hear uh how's it been going so far this year this year is a little rough. I had Saquon go down early. I picked AB in the third round, and that already know how that went. Um, <laughs> so, but we're fighting back. We're fighting back. Made some shrewd uh, waiver pickups that are that are starting to come along. My team's you know starting to come out of the bye week blues. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think I'm in a good position to to make a run here. This year was such a late bye week blues, man. It I'm still I'm in them right now, and like the season's basically over. This week, I'm going to get destroyed. I guarantee it. So prior to you coming on, uh, I asked if you'd make a pickle bet with us so we can kind of get the pickle bets going again. Indeed. And he said Kyler Murray would outscore his projection of 15.71. I never officially took it, but I, if I was going to take it, I would have taken it not much higher than that. And there's no way I would have gotten it at 26.7. Kyler Murray destroyed the Niners. Kyler Murray's the man. He is. He's really starting to pick it up. And I honestly, I thought San Francisco would have a revenge game, but that did not happen. And Kyler Murray just owns them. He knows how to score against them. So I'm gladly, I'm going to take the pickle punishment this week. And today we have our red beet and cabbage sauerkraut. Mm -hmm. Yum, yum. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've ever had sauerkraut outside of this occasion. I have. It's pretty good in the right in the right moment. I've never had it straight from a jar before, so yeah. this will be a new experience. Have you ever had red cabbage sauerkraut by any chance? Uh, yes, but I think it's it had been like cooked and it was with other things, maybe like on a sausage or yeah. something. Straight fermented. Love it. Not just spoonfuls, just straight to the dome. <laughs> As usual, we're, still, we're putting it on our uh, special logo plate. We got the front and the back there for you for the people who could see it on the youtube looking regal it's almost humiliating at this point <laughs> seeing my own face taunt me eating cabbage off your own face yeah uh, definitely at first never thought i'd do that all right uh i got a big guapper right there i'm gonna i'm gonna eat as much of that as i can all right here we go there's no saving this I'm, I hate beets, by the way. This is not... I was really hoping... I had two options. He picked the wrong one. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see that there was beets in there. I thought it was red cabbage. <laughs> it's so sour. <laughs> it's like... It's like straight vinegar. <laughs> this is actually... It's just harder than the fermented egg. This is harder than the uh, fish, that the herring. This one's the hardest one. It doesn't look too appetizing. You know, the only, I think the only person I've ever met that actually likes like beets, like will actively go get some beets and just eat them straight is, is Brandon. Really? Yeah. Brandon barely likes chicken fingers and that's it. Like, I, I, that's crazy. Weird taste buds, man. He likes beets? Wow. He, big, big beet guy. I can't even get him to eat sushi. That's <laughs> my favorite. Okay, I'm going in for the second bite. I don't know if you guys can hear I'm trying to crunch extra loud. <laughs> little ASMR. Pickle Holy punishment. crap. I feel like I just literally had a whole balsamic jar in my mouth. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Round two. So, what did you eat this on? Because this is awful. People put it on, like, pastrami, right? Yeah, like, you get, like, a, on a nice, like, Reuben sandwich with the rye bread, nice toasted little Thousand Island. Throw some pastrami on there. I need a lot of Thousand little, Island. I need to cover this taste. I don't think beets are involved, usually. I think it's regular regular kraut that's, that, that people like. It's like bleeding blood. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a smell of this real quick. 
You're more than welcome to Ooh. try a spoonful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is potent. <laughs> let, me, let me just try one of these little ribbon yeah. guys right here. I don't know if it's the entire, but like one spoonful of that, man. Little One little strand's not that bad. One spoonful, I think, if you, especially for someone who doesn't like beets. It's, yeah. got a, it's got a real beady flavor. This is a vinegar that's really killing stains, me, too. Stains the teeth. Uh, it's, yeah, stains the table, the teeth, and the plate. All done for. All right, guys, so that was our Pirate Pickle Bet. Enjoy watching my face, because that was a tough <laughs> one. This is the Moore Park Raider Fantasy Mutiny, and uh, this is going to be our section on YouTube. Remember to just uh, keep downloading, subscribing, and rate, and appreciate you checking us out. God, that was awful. <laughs> oh, back to the podcast. I want to cry. All right, Jason. So, so we're kind of brushing a little bit upon it. You're in seventh place right now, and you're battling to get back into the playoffs. Unfortunately, yes. How you feel about your chances? Uh, I feel decent. Um, like I said earlier, I'm, all my top players are past their bye weeks, uh, so I shouldn't have to worry about that bye week plague anymore. I am concerned about how long Marlon Mack's going to be out because he's been my solid RB two option behind Saquon all year. And uh, Evan Ingram, losing him, has been uh, pretty tough. Yeah. Pretty tough the last couple of weeks. The tight ends have been a uh, little, little rough on the market. Um, I might be jinxing myself, but I am shocked I haven't had to deal with the injury bug at all this year. It's a bitch, let me tell you that. Yeah, there's, that's just something you can't plan for at all. Nope. You also can't plan for your you know, wide receiver to just throw a fit and just leave your team, though. <laughs> yeah, Antonio Brown scared me from the jump. I, I definitely didn't think he'd go from the Raiders to the Patriots to no more. I was I was all on that Kool-Aid. I mean, even after they announced that he was going to get traded to the Patriots, I was like, oh, okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna ride this one out. He's gonna get you know 16 touchdowns this year, but that would have been a Super Bowl, dude. If they had Antonio <laughs> Brown, it would, like guaranteed. I'm so glad he's not on the team anymore. Um, yeah. So one one thing I would say to that too is. I'm so glad he's not <laughs> like, <laughs> like I wasn't in on it. So I'm just, I'm really glad he's not in existence. Unfortunately, the celebration of the NFL, it's short lived. One thing I would say about my last week is I was ecstatic to see the Colts get at the top of the division. They won. And then the Ravens beat the Texans and we were in first. And then this Thursday night happened and we freaking lost. And it wasn't even that close. T.Y. It was close, but like it, the Texans kind of handled us. T.Y. wasn't really on his game. I think he would have made a huge difference. Oh, he had a couple really bad drops last night. It was really Just bad. hit him square in the hands. Yeah. He's rusty. It's been three weeks. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I love me some T.Y. But this was not his week. So now I'm pretty pissed again. Uh, Texans are right back on the top. And at the very end of the play, I don't know how many people saw this. There was a fumble, and I wanted to review because I knew time was done. But I knew Darius Leonard was going to try to make a play. And they didn't even kind of try to give him that review. And that one hurt my soul so much. Yeah, I mean, it's it was pretty obvious when you see the replay that like the ball was clearly in his hands before uh, was Watson was on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is a, kind of one of those bang bang plays where it's like if the ref doesn't make the call on the field, it's really hard to go back and overturn it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, from speaking uh, as a lifelong Lions fans, I totally understand. Uh, <laughs> I totally understand how you feel when it comes to the feeling screwed over by the refs and stuff. Yeah, you were the first person I wanted to text, and I was like, I can't even text them. It's not even as bad. I can't even lie. <laughs> I swear to. You, there's like a whole rule in the NFL rule book, just earmarked for the Lions. Just like, oh, you think they're about to win? Let me let me just let me just go to page thirteen, section eight, paragraph <laughs> two, sentence three, the. Lions lose. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like oh. In the rule by book. the way, in case the Lions ever try to beat the Packers, yeah, they're losing. Not happening. Yeah, and that, that's what hurts most is it's that division game, and it just swings things so much. There's no coming back after that. Yeah, it is rough, and I'm I'm I was really rooting for the Colts this year. I mean, they got a lot of players I like. Uh, I, I'm a big Darius Leonard guy. Really love Quentin Nelson. Um, the fact that they're able to win some games after Andrew Luck just kind of up and retired out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I'm really, I've really been pulling for them this year. But they, they've done so much better than I expected. It, yeah, I'm, I'm still rooting for them. Um, uh, Texans got Patriots next, so hopefully that's the L for them. Most likely. Yeah. I got pretty pissed at the NFL, but for the actual fantasy, I got my first win again after losing two weeks in a row. And I think that pretty much sewn up uh, the playoff buy for me. So I feel pretty good about that. Got a two game and 70 point cushion between me and third. So I thought I'd be relieved, but now I'm in, I'm more gut wrenched than ever. Uh, this is the time. All I keep thinking about is it's just fantasy playoffs. And if you don't win, it was all not worth it. Like, honestly, I was in first all year 
and it freaking sucks if I lose in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I totally get that. It's it's super nerve-wracking because it's really at this time of the year, it's all about who's hot, who has that one clutch waiver wire pickup, who's yeah. got the key injury going into playoffs. Because it's literally, you play this whole, you do this whole thing for 16 or 14 weeks, however long it takes and to get to playoffs. A whole year, dudes. I <laughs> Like, and you can win every game, and then just it's like it's first round of playoffs. All your guys have tough matchups, and then next thing you know, the guy you're playing, or the sorry, the person you're playing could be a female, could yeah. be it's, 20, it's, it's 2019 guys. Yeah, <laughs> whoever you're playing has got guys could that be multi-gender. <laughs> you got guys playing like the Lions D, the Dolphins D, the Jets D, just putting up astronomical yeah. like all-time points derrick henry last year just scoring six <laughs> touchdowns out of nowhere he sucked all year so yeah playoffs baby anything can happen anything you gotta be two and oh makes me want to throw up <laughs> uh all right well let's move on from that let's uh let's get past the and kind of distract ourselves here we'll get straight into our pirate placement pirate placement Remember, all scoring and defensive rankings, they're pulled from Yahoo PPR, 10 to 12-team leagues. This week on a bye, we have the Cardinals, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Vikings. And you know the drill. If they're starting, they're receiving the booty. If they're benched, they're walking the plank. If they're getting an upgrade and a possible flex start at the position, then they are keeping a crow's nest eye on them. And if they're downgraded, but you got to keep them in your lineup still, they are mopping the poop deck. And lastly, if you feel sick and queasy about a flex decision that you have to put in just because you have no other options, they are a sickly scurvy flex start. I was looking at this week's morning matchups, and man, there are some ugly games. Uh, none of them really jump off the page, to be honest. I'm going to say, I think it's because of the buys. I'm a really big fan of some of the teams on a buy. The Vikings, the Chiefs, even the Cardinals, they got some playmakers out there. Got a lot of toilet bowl action this week. Yeah, it's, it's, especially in the mornings. We got some good games later on. Like, I'm stoked for the Niners, Green Bay. But oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. I hope Aaron Rodgers loses. Oh, it, I don't really hope the Packers lose that much. I just really hope Aaron Rodgers loses. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, against that defense, very possible. <laughs> uh, so this week, we're going to do things a little different. We're just going to hit the top five morning matchups. And then I went ahead and asked a bunch of people uh, to go ahead and send me some of their questions. And so we got some listener questions for you guys to answer. So the top five friendliest morning matchups to me, I think they got to be the Bucks at Falcons, the Raiders at Jets, the Seahawks at Eagles, the Panthers at Saints, and the Dolphins at Browns. The remaining morning teams, uh, they either have a poor offense or they face a tough defense or a combination of both. Real bad. Uh, although there are exceptional players on other teams, the majority of fantasy points are most likely going to come from these five games. So we got the Bucks at the Falcons. For the Bucks, we got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They kind of keep going back and forth in this passing offense for the last few weeks, and neither of them has been too explosive. I think they're both going to be uh, pretty good plays, but surprisingly, the Falcons' defense has come out of nowhere. They have really come on these last few weeks. They have. Yeah. So the scary part about Atlanta is they've shut down the Saints now, and they've shut down Kyle Allen. And this is all because they switched Dan Quinn. He gave up defensive play calling. If so, fact so. I think he sucked at defensive play calling because they are beasts now. It baffles me that that dude has a job still. Yeah, it has not gone well this year. <laughs> he is so bad at being a head coach. Every time you think he's going to get fired, they get a win. It's I'm like, Ugh, of course, he continues on. I swear, the worst thing that happened to them last year was they had that three-game win streak at the end of the season, and they're like, oh, wait, we're not that bad. Yeah. But secretly, they, they were. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not saying everything's fixed in Atlanta, but two weeks in a row, they're not the cakewalk defense that we, we like to attack just a few weeks ago. So I think you still got to play both Evans and Godwin because they're both super talented, but it's not the easy money play that it used to be. Another thing I would say is in week 10, Ronald Jones, he had eight targets and OJ Howard had seven. And then in week 11, Cameron Brake came on and had 14 targets. So those targets took away from the electric duo as well. So don't be afraid. If you have these wide receivers, you still got to play them going forward. You still got to believe. I just think these two weeks have kind of been an aberration. Moving on, we got Jameis Winston, and he mops the poop deck for me. We talked about it. Atlanta held Drew Brees under 12 points and Kyle Allen under 10. Winston is unique because he's used to throwing four interceptions on a regular basis, so this might just be a regular game for him. Only reason he's not a complete bench. He, his volume and his yardage always keep him afloat, but this matchup isn't as good as it used to be. I might go on a limb here. Do you want to do a pickle bet for a number of interceptions Jameis throws? Uh, what do you want to do? I don't know. It's, uh, 
over under at three. I said I'll set it even. So I'll I'll take the I'll take the over. I'll say he has over three interceptions. Okay. So if he throws three on the mark, is that you winning or me winning? Well, okay. We'll we'll set it at three and a half then. Okay. Got it. And so you'll take. So if he so if he three if he throws minutes. if he throws four, I I lose the bet. Three and under, you win. Okay. Yeah. Wait. You just said I won twice. So no, over no, over. You said. <laughs> Right, so you're taking over. So you're I'm taking, taking I'm taking the over. I'm, I'm saying so if, I'll eat pickles if it's four or over. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And you're if taking it's, the if over. It's, it's okay. I'll edit it out. <laughs> actually, okay. actually no. I think I, I'm, if he throws. I like this though. This is a good line. <laughs> so you're you're saying I'm willing to take. He will throw. I think he will throw at least two. Three is kind of my mark. I don't know where to go on three. And then four, I would bet against four. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you saying the same thing I'm saying, or are we saying so. two different things? I, I'm, okay. I'm terrible. I'm terrible at gambling. So, okay. <laughs> so, how many do you think he'll throw? I think he's gonna throw four. Okay, I'll give you three. I'll just to be nice. Okay. So three or more. And if he throws three or more, I'll eat pickled. Okay. If he throws under three, which is two. Yeah. <laughs> One two. Well, I don't think it's half an interception. Oh fuck. <laughs> like okay, wait, wait. Do you, is this no. is just interceptions? Just inter- just interceptions, not fumbles. Just interceptions. God. All right, dude. He's just like the king. And he's then, such nope. a dork. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Falcons have been on fire, which is cra- okay. So he had two, four. Yeah. All right. I'll take that. I'll okay. T- yeah. I feel okay with that. All right. Pickle bet on. <sighs> Fucking Jameis. You better not fail me now. All right. So Ronald Jones. He was he was a huge lie this week, man. Bruce Arians said he's gonna use him a lot more in the passing game. Uh, after going eight and eight, and then. After being down 20 to 0 against the Saints, Ronald Jones only had 6 touches. 4 targets that equaled only 2 catches for a measly yard. His 6 touches were more than Peyton Barber's, too, but still they both suck, gross. <laughs> you can't trust either of those dudes. Yeah, it's awful. I almost traded for Ronald Jones that week, so I'm really glad that I picked him up. He happen. got me like 10 points one week and then uh, he didn't do anything else. Yeah. Man, the backfield sucks, man. I th- I think if you're in the position where you have to choose between Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber, you already lost. Yeah, <laughs> I'd agree. And for that reason, they are both walking the plank. Uh, keeping a crow's nest eye on Cameron Bate. Uh, I absolutely hate it so much, and I feel so bad for poor O.J. Howard. But after basically being benched for that interception that he caused, trying to catch it around his back, Cameron Bate got 14 targets, and that can't be ignored, especially in this tight end realm where everybody sucks. Um, I, there's no way Cameron Brake gets 14 targets again. I honestly, I do not love this pick at all. But if he continues to get an uptick in targets, he's somebody you have to consider, especially because you know they're going to throw the ball a ton over there. So I'd keep a crow's nest eye on him if you have to. For the Falcons, this is the second week in a row. Matt Ryan, he hasn't had to do much to win because the defense has been balling out. It's super weird. Uh, you got to play the numbers, and that means you got to play Matt Ryan. He receives the booty against one of the worst pass defenses. Hopefully the Falcons don't shut out Jameis and the Bucks, so Matt Ryan actually has to throw this week. Julio Jones, he receives the booty again as always. Big booty. Big booty all day. <laughs> Not in the end zone, though. <laughs> uh, Calvin Ridley, he stepped up in a big way without Austin Hooper, so he will do it again against this awful pass defense. He also receives the booty as well. Dan Quinn, uh, he said Austin Hooper and Devontae Freeman, they're both trending in the right direction. Maybe new news has come since I wrote this, but I'm not too sure. That would surprise me if they both played because both of them were originally reported. Hooper was supposed to be out a month, and then Freeman was supposed to be out at least two weeks, and it's only been a week. So uh, Devonta obviously has the better chance to return, but I think it'd be pretty crazy if either one came back. So they're both going to be walking the plank for me as well. Brian Hill, he came up last week, and he was everybody's grab-off waivers, and he put up a stinker. He had two yards per carry. He got 15 attempts, which was nice, but that only makes 30 yards, and that's pretty awful. So no one was really expecting that. Uh, I wouldn't trust him or banged up Freeman again after that, and this is a tough matchup. The Bucks are actually really good against the run, so I wouldn't trust him at all. Raiders at the Jets. For the Raiders, Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr, they both received the booty. Carr rockets to a streamable quarterback one this week. Uh, he's one I considered playing over Dak Prescott, which is kind of crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. D- Dak is playing New England, and man, that defense just gives you second thoughts. I mean, he's definitely not going to put up the same amount of points he did against the Lions last week uh, against these Patriots because yeah. uh, unlike what Matt Patricia tries to do, 
uh, Bill Belichick actually succeeds yeah. in taking away what they do best. Yeah, he actually so. does. I was so excited for Dak to play the Lions, I'm be honest. I love playing against your Lions. It's the best defense. I mean, if I had Dak Prescott, I would have started him in a heartbeat. <laughs> uh, Darren Waller, he's he's a tight end. yet to play regardless of the matchup. Uh, Jets, surprisingly, they rank 28th against tight ends, so they're actually pretty good. But the Jets' defense is not scary defense, and I don't think it's one that you sh- should fear or avoid. Jets, they're one of the best defenses to play as a wide receiver. They rank second against wide receivers. So the problem is Derek Carr, he spreads the ball around a lot. Uh, The running backs, the tight ends, they're the only playmakers that really get guaranteed volume in this offense. And even Waller's had a reduced role at times. So Tyrell Williams, he's got a good matchup this week, but he's had a rough patch. Since scoring five touchdowns in five games, it hasn't been the same. The last three weeks, Tyrell Williams has not scored a touchdown. He's been sub 85 yards in every game. And even scarier, he's seeing five targets or less, which is inexplicable against defenses like Detroit and Cincinnati. So it's kind of hard to trust him moving forward. But in this plus matchup, he has to be considered in a flex position. I'm pretty sure you're playing him this week. Uh, he's someone I'm definitely keeping a crow's nest eye on for this week. It's a tough play for me right here. He's he's in my flex spot, but I'm teetering between him and Metcalf. Uh yeah. It's, I feel like it's going to be just a go with my gut decision uh, come game day. Yeah. It's going to be a Sunday morning, 945 lineup <laughs> change. Yeah. I think the tough part is, like I was talking him down, but his upside so much greater than any flex that you'd normally play. Oh, yeah. And so he always has that possibility to pop. It just hasn't happened these last few weeks. I don't know. what He hit a downward trend. Like I said, they're just spreading the ball a lot he in had, this offense. He had these moments like this going back to, to his days in San Diego. It's like he'd sure. show up for a couple games and just completely disappear for the next couple games. So it's uh, you just got to look at, the, look at the, the DBs he's going up against to kind of make a decision on that. Yeah. Like we said, it's a good defense to attack. That is really a tough one because also Metcalf has a good uh, matchup yeah, they're, also. They're both, they're both going up against uh, well, the top seven. Uh, easiest defenses for wide receivers so yeah. and I mean how can you go away from uh the way that Russell Wilson's playing I know right? but Derek Carr is balling too so that's it's a tough one on your hands definitely um I'd also keep a crow's nest eye on Hunter Renfro Renfro has actually had a higher and safer floor this last month around the time that Tyra Williams has kind of declined uh Williams he's the big play guy but Renfro is your safer floor play guy for the black and silver, these two pieces are like, they're basically like the black pearl. Uh, they look shitty as heck on the outside, but they have a much higher upside than you expect. That Hunter Renfro, he's just a scrappy gym rat. So scrappy. Scrappy. Spends, probably spends a lot of time in the film room, a lot of time in the weight room. <laughs> a lot of times managing stores. Have you, have you seen his, uh, did you see the hard knocks where they had his picture? Of like his flabby body. He looked like Tom Brady. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like nothing but athletes out here. And then they showed Hunter Renfro. Uh, Knock on wood if you hear me. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> there it is. Uh, for the Jets, we got, we're moving on. Le'Veon Bell, he receives the booty. Uh, he's been disappointing for his draft position. Uh, and his yards per carry, they've kind of been lacking. He's gotten 3.3 yards per carry last week. People kind of expected more with these juicy matchups, but the last three weeks, he's gotten you 16 points or more. So he's getting it done. You'd take that any day of the week, but he's just not getting the yardage that you wanted rushing. Hey, speaking of Jets and booty, I believe as we're recording, today is the seventh anniversary of the butt fumble. Oops. Oh, no. Nice. Yes. Dude, Mark Sanchez commentates now, and it bothers the heck out of me when he talks bad about other people because I'm like, you ran into a lineman. Who who are you to say? Back to Le'Veon Bell. So Le'Veon Bell, he's been scoring the last two weeks. He's the bell cow, pardon the pun, and uh, he receives 17 attempts a game. So keeping that scoring up is something that you can optimistically rely on because he, he actually really has a good shot to score most weeks. But his schedule, then it's not going to get hard until the semifinals of playoffs week 15. So he's someone you can rely on to get you into playoffs. But once you're there, you're just going to have to pray. It's going to be tough to keep trusting him come playoff time. Jameson Crowder, he's another person receiving the booty. It's nuts. I never trusted Crowder, and he's just been unstoppable, man. The last three weeks, he's scoring a touchdown all three games. And even without the touchdowns, he's still bringing in a floor of five catches and 75 yards. So that's 12 and a half points guaranteed right there. And like Lev Bell, his schedule just doesn't get hard until week 15 for all the Jets, essentially. So you, you can play him with confidence. If all the playmakers are receiving the booty, then that means quarterback has to follow suit. And Sam Darnold has a chance to have a good game this week. 
Is that crazy? It is. I I do not trust Sam Darnold. Yeah, I know. I mean, either. maybe it's because Halloween's over and the ghosts stopped haunting him. Yeah, but uh, I just I just do not believe in that guy. So I I had faith in him against the Dolphins, and then it didn't happen, and then I hated him. But then two weeks after that, it's it's been some time since he's played the Dolphins, and he scored twenty one points or more these last two weeks. So like he's been surprisingly good on the waivers because no one can trust him anymore. I hate trusting Darnold more than anything, but. We have no reason not to against Oakland's secondary. They've been awful. So he actually receives the booty for me this week as a streamable option. Um, of the two streamers, I think I'd trust Carr, obviously, more on the Raiders than Darnold and the Jets. Uh, they're just a better offense. Keep moving. There's still some pieces on the Jets, surprisingly, to play. You can keep a crow's nest eye on Ryan Griffin this week. He is a streamable tight end. He's had 11 points or more four of the last six weeks. And the two weeks he didn't have 11 points, they were against the 26th and 27th hardest defenses against tight ends. So those are hard matchups, so it's kind of forgivable. But his floors were absolutely awful. The floor was both one point both times. They were both under one point. So that's terrifying. So Oakland's the fifth easiest defense against tight ends. So it's a plus matchup, so I think you can trust him. But him and Hollister, they were probably my two favorite options as tight end streamers this week with Kelsey on a bye. That's kind of someone I'm dealing with. Uh, I ultimately stuck with the upside of Russell Wilson, so I'm going to go ahead and keep playing Hollister for this week. Uh, I just think he's going to do special things with this tight end. But I know the Eagles tight end was someone I was thinking about streaming, Dallas Goddard, and I think you ended up picking him up. I did. Yeah. You nervous about that play or no? Um, a little bit, but at this point, um, I'm down. I'm, like I said, I'm down Evan Ingram. I tried O.J. Howard last week. I got a text from John. Uh, notable tomato hater in our league uh-huh. um, that I had fallen into the OJ Howard trap, and it's just it's the same thing. He teases you every every year, every week, every time you see him, he's available. It's like, oh, maybe I should pick him up. I need yeah. a tight end, and he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm gonna get you zero points on one target. Yeah, he's such an athletic freak, but. I swear, yeah. if, if he went to the Patriots, he'd be so good. But Bruce Arian hates him. I, just, I feel so bad. He should have been traded. He'd be so good on so many teams. Uh, but yeah, unless he plays Arizona, I would not have played him either. That is scary. But I will say, I do like Dallas Goddard this week. So Yeah, I mean, it's just there's always the potential for that touchdown because it's like, you know, you know the Eagles receivers aren't doing anything. So yeah. it's, it's all check downs of the running backs. It's all Zach Ertz. It's all Dallas Goddard. They've adjusted their offense where it's more, it's all running backs and tight ends that they're going to now. And like you said, Ertz gets all the yardage, but Goddard gets the touchdown every time. Yep. It's crazy. So they're both seeing a bunch of looks in the red zone, but I guess Goddard is actually seeing more looks when they're closer. So 10 yards or less, mm-hmm. he gets the looks every time. So he's definitely someone. It's that deep red zone. Yeah. <laughs> that 10 zone. <laughs> Especially in this tight end landscape, you're basically just trying to bet on a touchdown. So that's a great way to look at it and good option to put in all three of them for sure. All right, so we're going on to our next matchup. We got the Seahawks at the Eagles. For the Seahawks, there's Chris Carson. He's the only major piece in this offense that's going to be mopping the poop deck for me. And that's kind of a bummer because I have him. Uh, This offense, they've been so electric, so I'm just willing to trust Wilson, Lockett, Metcalf. They're all going to have good games, I think, and they are all receiving the booty. Lockett's the only questionable one, and if he plays, you probably have to play him also. Uh, Has he been practicing this week? He has. He's been limited, and he got the clearance today. So he is going to be playing. It's just whether he'll be limited or not. That's kind of the question. I think I'm facing Tyler Lockett this week, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not fun. Yeah, uh, so you got to just hope he's limited because that also will play into your Metcalf role. If he's limited, then Metcalf should be getting oh, yeah. a lot more. Uh, he's been getting more targets lately, so I really like both those plays regardless. Chris Carson. He's mopping the poop deck down below while everyone else is receiving booty, unfortunately, because the Eagles love to sell out on the run. They they load the box, and they're going to try to stop you, and they're 24th against the run. Carson has performed in tough matchups all season, but I still think you have to lower expectations because all the other playmakers are going to be getting the ball like crazy. The Eagles, they also like to sell out on tight end, so this is what I was nervous about. Jim Schwartz He's got a scheme, and historically, it's been tough against tight ends. That wide nine. Man, I'm so nervous. But yeah, so uh, Hollister, he he might be due for some regression this week. But his snap count, it's gone up the last two weeks. He's been at 80% the last two weeks. And the result, 19 and a half or more both weeks. Russell Wilson's just a magician. And even though the matchup is poor, the talent at quarterback is exceptional. If he sees the six targets he normally gets and scores, 
I think he's still someone to play despite the matchup. Screw that wide nine. <laughs> and then uh, for Josh Gordon, I would wait and see if he gets more involved. The way Metcalf's been stepping up lately, I don't expect Josh Gordon to really be, have any fantasy impact, to be honest. I think it's more of an NFL move and just adding depth to the team. I feel like it's going to be one crucial moment, and then when you're a locket owner or a Metcalf owner, Josh Gordon's going to catch that 60-yard touchdown that you really feel like one of your guys should have got. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be the only catch he's going to have all Exactly. Game. That's what I was going to say. He he has the potential, but I, I, there's no way I would. And then, like, are you going to play him for that one play? There's no, no way. No, I wouldn't touch him. Yeah. There's a guy in our league, Brandon, who's obsessed. He's a big he's big Josh Gordon. Obsessed right? with him. And, the, and I just don't think that's ever going to pan out. It's a rough he's just He's just season. hoping so hard to be right. Yeah. <laughs> this is a... Uh, so spite ride, staff. ride or die for Josh Gordon. Yep, and he's dying. All right, uh, for the Eagles, we got Carson Wentz, and he's been awful as of late, but his schedule, it's finally opening up. Uh, I think this could be a bounce-back game for him, but closer to like a lower-end quarterback one. I still don't like his team, essentially, because his offense, they're lacking receivers right now. They're all banged up. Uh, Wentz is playable just because Seattle will score a lot, so Eagles are going to have to keep up. The thing is, I just think that there are better options out there. Uh, someone like Baker Mayfield off of waivers. You could stream against the Dolphins. Wentz is kind of low floor, low ceiling. So there's really no upside to playing someone like Carson Wentz right now. Uh, unfortunately, that's just the way this offense has developed. The one thing is you can depend on for Wentz, which will help boost his floor, is if Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard, if either of them receive a touchdown, they're both going to be receiving the booty for me this week. Uh, we talked about it. Zach Ertz gets all the yards and Dallas Goddard gets all the touchdowns. Both these tight ends are used way more than any other offense. And especially with the wide receivers on the outside all banged up, they're going to continue to be used this whole season. I wonder if that volunteer firefighter that caught the babies is uh, is, is uh, ready to ready to suit up. Yeah. You know he's got those hands. Because <laughs> yeah. Alshon can't catch them, so... And neither can uh, Aguilar. 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 <laughs> uh, Jordan Howard, he's still out for this game. So Miles Sanders and Jay Ajayi, they're going to have an expanded role this time around. Uh, Miles Sanders, he's the back to trust right now. And even though it wasn't great, the tight ends are the only playmakers I'm really starting with confidence. Uh, hopefully you get something out of them. But I, I really don't like either of the running backs right now. This This whole offense is just... The tight ends are the only thing I really trust. Do you think Jay Ajayi gets back to, you know, pre-ACL tear Jay Ajayi? Or ah. is he just kind of, he's washed at this point? I think he's washed at this point. No, he's not going to be this year's Nick Chubb late no. late week uh, pickup, send your team to the, to the championship? I hear what you're saying. I'm going to say no. But to be honest, I also didn't think, I've been missing out on these like late running back grabs. Like Melvin Gordon stashing him early to get that late boost. I was like, I really don't think he's going to come back and be the same. And, he and he's finally, come back and he's done yeah. the same. And then same with uh, Kareem Hunt. Yep. But those guys are just way more talented and still in their youth, you know. I think, I think Kareem Hunt's, but he's, he's feeling pretty fresh, ready to assault some defenses. Yeah, dude. It, he's such a <laughs> – yeah, he's, <laughs> he's such a playmaker in terms of out of the backfield. Like, the fact that they're able to use both Chubb and Hunt together, that kind of scared me. So I'm, I'm glad they're able to figure it out. But, yeah, JJ, I feel like they tried this last year. And it, like – it didn't. It worked temporarily, and then it didn't work. Then he got hurt. I, I just think his knees are done. That's the only way I look at it. Tough. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, he's trending towards that old age also. Uh, he's trending towards playing, so that really doesn't do much for me, to be honest. Uh, maybe he helps Wentz's floor, and that's about it. But he makes for a sickly, scurvy flex start for me if you're desperate. And I would want to avoid playing an injury-prone wide receiver coming back after a limited week. Uh, not the first week. No, thank you. So we're moving on to our Panthers at Saints. For the Panthers, you get Christian McCaffrey. He is the receiver of booty all day. He is an official 99 on Madden. 99 club. Yeah. Youngest to ever do it. That's nuts. He's so perfect. I can't believe it took him this long he's to give a, him a 99. He's a cyborg. He's not even a human. Yeah. Repping for all the white boys. Uh, there's nothing this guy can't do. And then DJ Moore, he's also receiving the booty. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore looks like he's going to be questionable for this game. So... Only one limited practice on Friday. I don't think that bodes well for LaShawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore. <laughs> LaShawn Lattimore. Uh, yeah, let's just flip all the names from now. Uh, that bodes well for Moore's production, who he's been seeing a ton of targets, which is great. I'm keeping a crow's nest eye on Curtis Samuel. He's a speedster. He runs really fast, and he, he finally gets to play indoors. So he's, he usually does better on turf. 
And against Eli Apple, he's been very burnable. So Samuel's actually gotten a touchdown on him before. Eli Apple's a straight liability. Yeah, dude. He used to be so good for like a year and then it That, that first tanked. year and then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, wait, he can't cover anybody. At all. So his yardage uh, for Samuel, it's been surprisingly low for a fast, deep receiver. But with Samuel, you're banking on a touchdown, which is very possible in this game. But that's not a bet I super love to make, betting on touchdowns. That's pretty tough, especially for wide receivers. It's not like tight end. So I currently have him in my flex, but I'm also shopping him around in trades. He's not someone that you absolutely need. Uh, although I do like the matchup, um, I am totally okay with moving on. New Orleans, they're very good against tight ends, and they rank 23rd. And Kyle Allen has been so inconsistent. He's really come down back to earth. Uh, and he was awful this last week against the Falcons. So Greg Olson, tight ends are hard to find. So I don't, I don't really love the matchup. He'd be mopping the poop deck for me. When he played a similarly ranked Rams defense back in week one, he only caught four passes for 36 yards. So it wasn't his best game. Uh, his best games really come on prime matchups. I wouldn't feel great about it, but I'd honestly consider flyers like Griffin or Hollister if they're out there to play instead of Greg Olson. But, man, it is tough that Greg Olson is such a name, you know? Yeah, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel for tight end. So if he's the only one left, probably have to play him. Yeah. It's been surprising. He's been a decent tight end all season, but I still hate him every matchup. <laughs> I don't There's nothing against is him. because he's, just, he's kind of balding and you just don't like that? You don't like bald people? Yeah, it's towards the end of his career. All tight ends go straight to the booth. <laughs> like him and Jason Witten, I've never had faith in towards the end, you know? Their knees are just so, like you said, they're balding. I feel like Greg Olson would hold his own better in the booth than, than Jason Witten. Oh, big time. The sad thing is I feel like Greg Olson still has got some years on him. He just connected better with, uh, with Newton. Cam. Yeah, Cam He's Newton has got those bad, those bad feet. Once, yeah. your, once your feet start going, that's that's about it. Yeah, Khan doesn't really have eyes for him the same, unfortunately. Uh, so he's mopping that poop deck. So for the Saints... Moving on, we got Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Drew Brees. They all receive the booty in that order. The Saints, they're one of the easiest teams to analyze. Uh, it's very rare you bench any of their playmakers, and this matchup isn't scary. So the only person I'd really shy away from is Drew Brees, but not in this matchup. It's not someone you need to shy away from. They're all good to go. Turns out Atlanta's defense is all of a sudden good, and it wasn't Brees' fault, and he wasn't seeing ghosts like last year's fantasy plummet when he was in the playoffs. <laughs> he absolutely killed my team last year, and I, I'll never let it go. Uh, Jared Cook, he's getting it done the last two weeks, but in very different ways. Uh, week 10, he saw 10 targets, and then week 11, he saw two, but he still scored a touchdown. So that variation is absolutely terrifying. Plus, Carolina ranks 30th against tight ends. It's, it's hard to give advice on tight ends because I won't like a matchup, and I'll want to fade them, but at the same time, I'm like, who else am I really going to go get? So, again, I'd feel comfortable streaming someone like Griffin or Hollister. Those, those were my favorite two streamers this week. But there's the variations out there for every tight end. So, Cook's mopping the poop deck as well. And if you have a better option, good luck out there. Next, we got the Dolphins at the Browns. Is there anybody you like in this one or no? Well, I mean, I already said my uh, my bid on Kareem Hunt, but I also I'm I'm starting Jarvis Landry in my league on one of my teams. Yeah, um, I know you're pretty high on OBJ in this one. Yeah, well, I feel like so for the Browns, I think they're all good to go. I think everyone receives the booty. Literally, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, they all receive the booty for me. And I think the reason is because. Obviously, the Dolphins. It's the Dolphins. Yeah, it you want to attack those. It's also yeah. a little revenge game for Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So, I think this is going to be the first time that OBJ actually outscores Jarvis Landry. But I honestly think I think it could just be a scoring fest all around. I don't think the Browns' defense has gotten better. But now they have two def- defensive linemen suspended from last week's debacle. And so, it just got an easier matchup on both sides. I think that the fact that OBJ, he's the number one, and he's finally facing an easier defense, I think he's really got an opportunity to shine. I know Landry's got the revenge game, and I love that narrative. I think he'll do just fine, but I think OBJ really needs to get his, and they really need to work on making sure he gets his. So Baker's someone I'm playing, and I'm actually going to be playing him over Dak. He was the other quarterback streamer I was considering, and I am going to be doing it. Um, I think they could have similar days, but Baker's upside is going to be much higher in the easier matchup. 
maybe not everyone will succeed because I did name a lot of playmakers, but I think you still have to start them all because it's such a plus matchup for everyone. I really don't know who'd be left out in this one. I think this is going to be one of those games where a lot of players contribute in a lot of different ways. You're going to have a lot of guys catching a lot of balls. You're going to have a lot of guys like making some long catches, different guys getting touchdowns. I think they're going to spread the wealth around. I agree. I don't think they're going to focus in on one guy. I think everyone's going to eat. Yeah, everybody going to (laughs) be. So the Dolphins, they're not really much of the same. So Parker, he's someone that I wanted to mop the poop deck this week, but after last week's performance, he had seven catches for 135 yards on Tredavious White, and that's hard to ignore. His upside is higher than I anticipated, and Denzel Ward has helped make the Cleveland defense better. But they did lose their two defensive linemen on that suspension. So it kind of is a wash for me. I think Parker is someone you can keep a crow's nest eye on in your flex. He's actually been super reliable, surprisingly. Devontae Parker, I don't know. For me, I've I've wanted to trust him so many times, but every time he's on my team, like it's just there's just nothing there it's so hard you get burned and you like never forgive but this year this is the one year he's actually been like back to back to back to back weeks or whatever he's been like actually really good uh john picked him up in our league and i tried to trade for him he's not someone i super love but i i do think he's a really upside wide receiver three or like flex play his schedule is just so easy, and I don't think they have anyone else to throw to in that offense. I think I've just been burned by him so many times before that I just didn't even think to look for him when I was, you know, going yeah. for going for guys to pick up. No, I totally get it. He's actually so I looked it up real quick. He scored double digit points in every single matchup except for two. Wow. So yeah, he's been extremely consistent. Very consistent. Yeah. So Fitz isn't a quarterback I would want to play in this spot. He he does just enough to keep Parker afloat. But I think there are better options as streamers. Uh, and that's really it for the Dolphins, to be honest. Uh, Kalen Balaj kind of sucks. Everybody else kind of sucks. Yeah, they don't, have a, they don't have a whole lot going on there. No, they do not. They don't even have a good hashtag anymore. Tank for two is dead. <laughs> I think there was an, it was like bobbing for Burrow was one <laughs> I heard. Man, they're just any quarterback that they can get. That's yeah, what they, can't even, they can't even lose right anymore if they go and beat the Colts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, what the heck? My dad was so mad when they won the two games that they did. He's like, what are we doing? (laughs) All year we've been trying to tank. All right, guys, so we got some listener questions. I basically sent out messages to all the people I know who've been listening and following, and I appreciate all the love, guys. Thank you. They had some questions for me, and I just kind of wanted to get them answered because that's what we're here for, really, is we want to answer your fantasy questions, and we hope to hit it through the matchups. But Here for the people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, The fantasy people. Yeah, I don't like eating sauerkraut for fun. I won't do that again. Uh, All right, guys, so here's some of the questions for you. Listener questions. Yeah. So first one, uh, should I be confident starting Dak in these tough matchups coming up for the playoffs and during the playoffs, or should I look to stream slash trade Dak? This question is actually perfect for me because I'm a Dak owner. The question, it's a little nuanced uh, because I think it would depend on your record. I don't think I could ever trade Dak because he's one of the best quarterbacks at the position. He's top four right now. And he has a plus matchup in week 16 against the Eagles. So whoever you trade for, I think it'll be really hard to find something better that week. But weeks 12 through 15, he does have tough matchups. I get it. My thing is, I think there are streamers out there that can keep you afloat while you're waiting on Dak for that one game. Baker is someone I picked up this week. He has a favorable schedule going forward. And there's also people like Tannehill, Fitzpatrick, Darnold, Foles, and even Daniel Jones. I know it sounds gross, but the matchups are just some of the best in the league for those guys. And quarterbacks are a position where you just need a semi-talented player, and they can still get you 18 to 22 points on the week that you need them. I think if you're desperate for some wins right now, and those aren't names you feel comfortable enough with, then you can try to trade for Russell Wilson, which probably won't happen, but it's worth trying. Uh, They're only separated by two points, so they're both doing MVP things this year. And then the other person I would say is Jameis Winston. I wouldn't want to play Winston against Atlanta, who's shut down the Saints and Panthers in back-to-back weeks. But after that, he's almost guaranteed 17-point floor. The offense throws a ton and doesn't have a single bottom eight opponent on their schedule. So Jameis Winston's someone that you could pivot to if you really wanted to. In my league, I'm holding on to Dak just for that week 16 matchup. I mean, I love his scrambling ability, and he might run in a touchdown every now and then too, which is really nice. Plus two of those really tough matchups they have. They have Buffalo in week 13 and then the Rams 
in week 15. Those are both in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And so you really never know what can happen. All bets are off when you're in Jerry's world. Yeah, <laughs> that stadium, just so crisp. They got to play well over there, right? He's performed in every tough match. Like against Green Bay, I remember benching him and regretting it. We'll really we'll see how he does against New England. I think that's going to be a real barometer. But that's not till after this week. But I still think you can trust that guy just because of uh, what he can do with his feet. All right, so next question. Listener questions. Yeah. Explain to me what I should do with Stefan Diggs and James Conner because they're both killing me. Well, you got burned last week if you didn't play Stefan Diggs against Denver. But statistically speaking, it was the right play. Weeks 10 and 11 would have been definite fades for me facing two of the league's toughest defenses, especially without Thielen relieving any pressure. Diggs, to me, is still a matchup-based guy, but his massive ceiling makes people forget at times. So going forward, I'd play him in weeks 13 and 14, but you got to be cautious weeks 15 and 16. So maybe see if you can get another option or if you can still trade, try to do a trade for better matchups. Cortland Sutton's a player I traded for because of his matchups. He gets Houston, Kansas City, and Detroit. Uh, that was an appealing playoff schedule to me. So that's kind of an example of uh, Diggs and Sutton are pretty close to each other in points this year. Plus, Diggs just has that statistical anomaly of having Kirk Cousins as his quarterback where all numbers and logic are just thrown out. Yeah. Dude, he didn't do anything all game, and then he gets that big, deep pass and then scores a touchdown. He's such a boom-bust player. It'd really be like that when you're a Stefan Diggs owner. Yeah, it's brutal. And then the second person, James Conner. Uh, it's tough because I can't really predict injury, uh, except I know this guy is going to get injured. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, playing him when he's limited and gets pulled out, that absolutely kills your team. Uh, like I said, I know Brandon's kind of been struggling with that, and you just can't predict that. So it sucks when you have to rely on that, especially at this point in the season. So I guess the safest way to play him is if he's limited at practice going into a week, I'd say wait a week so he can get through a full game, and then after that just pray that he'll stay okay. Otherwise, uh, his schedule's not that bad. It's just his body is, unfortunately. <laughs> Listener questions. Yeah. Uh. Is anyone on the Bengals a viable streaming option going into the playoffs? So Joe Mixon, he'd be the only person on the Bengals that I trust at all. And I trust him in week 16 against the Dolphins. Besides that, the offense really isn't going anywhere. There's just no upside. Uh, playing a guy like Tyler Boyd, who's gotten you two fantasy points in a plus matchup last week against the Raiders, is just so dangerous. There's no upside to playing any other Bengal. So Joe Mixon's the only one, and I really only trust him in Week 16. Just know, based on pure volume, too. Yeah. He, he's the only one that's going to touch the ball in that offense. Yeah. I, I know you have him. Uh, I do, and unfortunately I have to start him because Marlon Mack is hurt. Yeah. Man, that hurts. So in those it hurts me deep in my soul. Yeah. So, see, as, as a Mixon owner, you don't even want to have to play him either. So I didn't, didn't want to have to do it, but I have to do it now. Yeah. Honestly, he's had some decent games the last two he's, weeks. He's averaged at least. Uh, let me let me check the stats on this real quick. Yeah, because he actually has been performing very well lately. The last um, two weeks, I know. I don't. I don't know if his, there was a week. His last three him. games have been all over seventeen points. So that's and they've all been pretty tough matchups. You've nice. had uh, the Rams, the Ravens, and the the Raiders, who are all in the top half of defending against running backs. Mm -hmm. So he's been, he's been outplaying his coverage, I guess, in, in these situations. Um, so he's, he's a guy that you may be able to depend on in a, in a pinch if, he's, if there's nobody else. Man, that's a tough pinch. Uh, Big pinch. <laughs> so uh, this one's a pirate-themed question we got. Listener questions. Yeah. Most pirates would drag someone from the rear of a ship or maroon them, leaving them stranded on a desert island as a form of torture. Who has been the player so far this year that has been torturing you? They're too awful to play, but also too good to drop. So the first person that came to my mind was Joe Mixon, sadly. Uh, Joe Mixon, Sony Michelle, and I think DJ could also be in that mix. I think those are kind of your biggest torturers because I think running backs just kill you so much at that position that like when you're stuck with them, they're the biggest torturers of all. Especially because these guys are most likely were between your second to fourth round draft picks. Yeah. So yeah. these are the guys that you counted on to kind of carry your team, and they're kind of dragging you down. So you got to drag them, drag them behind your boat. I couldn't even imagine being a DJ owner because, like, 
you can't play them. They take up a roster spot, and then you you definitely can't drop them because someone's gonna take a shot when you drop them. So yeah, that's super tough. Uh, Sonny Michelle has just been such a headache this year. Yeah, you never know when he's gonna have a good game, which is not that often. But Especially, any Patriots running back in general, it's like you never know when Brandon Bolden's gonna come out and have four touchdowns. <laughs> Sad but true. Uh, yeah, James White's really been the only consistent one, and he's just a floor play, but he gets you that consistent 11 points, which is nice. On to the next question. Listen to questions. Yeah. Who's the best Pittsburgh option if Connor and Juju don't play this week? I think it's going to be Jalen Samuels for me. You can run on Cincinnati all day, and he's had big games this season, including once against Cincinnati before. So I trust the ground game a lot more than I do Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I, I would go with Samuels, too. I mean, I think they've proven in the last, you know, two years, ever since uh, Le'Veon Bell kind of started his holdout, they can produce a running game basically with whoever they have on the field. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Mason Rudolph has been playing pretty rough lately. He's, like, getting in that uh, Kyle Allen range. I, man, yeah, I think the, the league is starting to figure him out. He won a couple games. The, the Steelers got hot, but um, I think once you put a couple games on tape, the defenses are able to figure him out. Yeah. All right, last question. Listen to questions. Yeah. Uh, can you trust David Montgomery or Terry McLaurin? So for me, I'm out on Terry McLaurin. Uh, his schedule is easy, but his quarterback and offense in general, they're pretty inept. Keep him on your bench just in case he shows more. But right now, his ceiling still under 10 points, even with the easy matchup. So he's someone I'm not really trusting as of right now. Um, Montgomery, I have a little bit more faith in. Because he gets volume and he doesn't have any more difficult opponents. His production has been up and down all year. I think his good games will be hard to predict, but I think he will have a handful of good games before the season is done. His schedule is just too good. In a plus matchup against the Chargers, he scored 24 points. In a plus matchup against the Lions, he scored six points. So he is all over the place. But 15 attempts is really hard to get from a running back. And he can catch the ball. Keep him on your team and play him. But is he's gonna make you want to pull your hair out some weeks, definitely. Oh well, yeah, I, I like that Bears backfield. I mean, the Bears offense in general is pretty rough. Allen Robinson's a guy that I mean you can trust, but outside from that, there's not many guys I would trust on that Bears offense, including uh, Dave Montgomery. And it's sad because Allen Robinson you trust the most, and even he burns you sometimes. Like yeah, I mean when you have the you know the 34th ranked quarterback in the league, yeah, <laughs> leading your team, and then you got to fake hit pointers to get him out of the game. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's been real bad for some teams out there, unfortunately. All right, guys. So that was our podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming in, Jason. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Yeah. Thanks for making me eat the sauerkraut. It was oh so delicious. We'll be doing this again next week, guys. Uh, keep tuning in. We're going to be keep doing our matchups. Maybe we'll do some more questions. We'll see how it goes. But I hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, don't forget to download, rate, and subscribe. Thanks again, guys.